defeating distractions in prayer. And uh, I'm just going to give you a little little backstory, a little story time with Beth and Steph. About seven years ago, Jenna asked me to come on the very first Blessed Issue retreat. Beauty for Ashes. It's my Beth, first thing. <gasps> Praise God. Thank Live you, Jesus. Thank you, Steph Salinas. No problem. Wow, God bless you. Okay. You really persevered there. Whew. Um, Listen, seven years ago, Jenna was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this Blessed Issue retreat. Would you come and give a workshop on distractions in prayer? And to be honest, this story is sort of larger than life at this point because I can't really see myself doing this, but I know that I must have done it because I didn't give that talk. I said to Jenna, no, I don't want to talk about that. It just That really shocks me. You might think that's my personality today, but that wasn't really my personality seven years ago. I didn't have that kind of confidence, but I guess I did. Point being, I said, I don't want to talk about distractions in prayer, Steph or Jenna. I want to talk about the beauty of prayer because where we put our attention is what takes up all of the space. And I think when we're uh, kind of focused on and belaboring distractions, you know, like, oh, it's so hard to pray, then it is hard to pray. And in fact, the catechism sort of backed me up, so I felt kind of vindicated. The catechism basically said that once you start paying attention to distractions, you've already lost the game. Like the enemy has already won when you pay attention to distractions. So basically, that was just the wisdom of the church (laughs) at work in me seven years ago. But right, that's incredible. That's that's really something. That's Once we start paying attention, Steph, do you want to have a seat? I'm have a seat so I can I'm look at the comments here. Please do. Once you start paying attention to distractions, you've kind of you've already lost the thread. You know what I mean? I'm gonna find that. Steph, why don't you tell us your what? Give me your your um, give me your initial thoughts. Opening opening argument, please. On for prayer. Distra- uh, distractions in prayer. Defeating distractions in prayer. Okay, my opening thought is yeah. so. Just keep praying. Wow. That's it. That's it. End of Q&A. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's like, yeah. okay, he's not waiting for us to set the scene or a stage. He's just, he just wants us and, that, and to be with him and to recognize that he's present and just go through it. Now, we get discouraged because we, and the catechism said this, it's like this, like, it's this false sense of pride that we are in control of how this is supposed to look. Yeah. So we just pray. Yeah. Even when we don't feel like it, even though we feel like it's fruitless, it's dry, doesn't mean anything, I don't even feel like it. Yeah. Just That's what it is. That's prayer. Okay. So that was, that was opening thoughts. That was also probably closing thoughts <laughs> because ultimately I think that's what it is. That's what it is. Like our posture is, so what? Like, we're going to be distracted. Let me tell you what the catechism says. The thing that just, like, ugh, cut me. To set about hunting down distractions would be to fall into their trap when all that is necessary is to turn back to our heart. Hang on. That's only the first half of the sentence. I just wanted to give you a minute to kind of soak in that. Turn back to our heart. For a distraction reveals to us what we are attached to. Oh, ouch. And this humble awareness before the Lord should awaken our preferential love for him and lead us resolutely 
to offer him our heart to be purified. Therein Mm. lies the battle, the choice of which master to serve. Now we're done with Q&A. Isn't that so good? Wow. This section, first of all, is called Humble Vigilance of Heart. If you're curious, the battle of prayer is in the section on Christian prayer. That's Article 2 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And basically, if you started reading at 2725, there's like four, five, six pages that is just, I mean, it's everything, you know? Incredible. Yeah, 2725. Actually, that, that, what I just read to you was 2729. Wow. Can okay. I, can, can we really quick, because you kind of alluded to this. This yeah. is, I think, what struck you in the catechism today. Welcome to story, story hour. <laughs> read aloud from the catechism. This is kind of what we're dealing with when we find ourselves distracted and discouraged. This is um, 2728. Finally, our battle has to confront what we experience as failure in prayer, discouragement during periods of dryness, sadness that because we have great possessions, we have not given all to the Lord, disappointment over not being heard according to our own will, wounded pride, stiffened by the indignity that is ours as sinners, our resistance to the idea that prayer is free and unmerited gift, and so forth. Apparently there's more. Apparently there are more reasons that we fail and and feel like failures in prayer. The conclusion is always the same. What good does it do to pray? To overcome these obstacles, we must battle to gain humility, trust, and perseverance. So good. That's the battle. It's kind of overcome our own self-judgments. Um about prayer, about the quality of our prayer, mm-hmm. about what God thinks is the quality of our prayer, and just uh, persevere in humble trust. That's yeah. good stuff. We just need to be little. That's it. Mm-hmm. We make it a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, it doesn't need to be a whole thing. Megan, this is really good. I love that the catechism helps show us what constitutes a distraction versus an invitation from the Lord. That's a very good insight It's a very mature distinction to make. There are times, in fact, I was just chatting last night at our Blessed She weekly night. We're doing a a Bible study on the Gospel of Matthew. And I I was chatting with a a friend who said sometimes when she goes to adoration, just loving this time with the Lord, just hours can slip by, so peaceful. And then suddenly something very, uh, a memory, a bad feeling, a negative thought, will kind of aggressively, almost violently come into her mind. And she's like, no, get away from me, Satan. And sometimes, sure, sometimes that is the enemy. He's trying to discourage us in prayer. But sometimes, as Megan points out, there is an invitation from the Lord. Perhaps it's that we feel so safe in prayer that that we are finally vulnerable enough to let some of our hurts come forward and it's actually an invitation to healing initially it really hurts to remember right it hurts to feel that again but actually that's not a distraction that we need to bat away that's an invitation from the lord for healing oof 
Yeah. Aubrey said that Father Innocent said that when we call mm. prayer dry, we're calling Jesus himself dry or boring. Wow. And he's anything but that, which shows that it's just us critiquing our performance yeah, that's rather good. than receiving his heart. That's very good. There is a section on dryness, actually, mm-hmm. uh, 2731. Another difficulty, especially for those who sincerely want to pray. Okay. So this is a difficulty. For those of us who sincerely want to pray, dryness. Dryness belongs to contemplative prayer when the heart is separated from God with no taste for thoughts, memories, and feelings, even spiritual ones. This is the moment of sheer faith, clinging faithfully to Jesus in his agony and in his tomb. A little later, if dryness is due to lack of roots, because the word has fallen on rocky soil, the battle requires conversion. Okay, fascinating stuff here. So if you're a bit more advanced in the spiritual life, you've got kind of a a mature, a regular routine of prayer, an intimate relationship with Jesus in contemplative prayer, you're committed to that, and you're experiencing some dryness there, the invitation for you is to cling in faith, Mm -hmm. to persevere, you keep showing up, and, and you just trust that you're in uh, that darkness of Jesus, in his own suffering, in his own agony. But if we're not praying and you feel dry when you pray once every two weeks, that's, that's maybe just you're a little rusty. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not Jesus' fault. That's not dryness, spiritual dryness, so much as, yeah, this feels uncomfortable and I'm not really getting anything which even that posture that question is a little bit like yikes you know we're gonna check ourselves yeah i think when you were talking about that dryness it's just we again it goes back to like that idea of performance Mm -hmm. and we just need to go back to the well to the living water when we're dry we need water we need the lord yeah it's like i i think of it as like banking grace when we're praying and we have a good prayer life a consistent prayer routine and we feel the fruits of it. And maybe we don't, but we're just yeah. in this good rhythm with the Lord mm-hmm. and this good discipline. Then we store it up and we store up and we build up this um, mm-hmm. kind of spiritual armor so that when we are in these moments of or seasons of dryness or we're feeling distracted or discouraged, um, that is where the overflow starts to come from. It, it, mm-hmm. The Lord has stored graces in us from our prayer with him and even just because he is so good it doesn't even mean that we prayed right just Mm. means that he wants to give us the grace to keep going you know I'll I'll be honest my like commitment to contemplative prayer I have a 30 minute mental prayer commitment to my spiritual director every day like that's kind of like the that's the expectation for my spiritual director so that's outside of any other devotional prayer that's outside of mass which is the greatest prayer of the church. Um, this is just my me and the Lord time. And I've been struggling with that. And then when I do try to do it because I haven't been super faithful and the time is all over the place, I feel um, anxious. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty. I'm having trouble connecting. And uh, there was something you said. I think it, I don't think I read it in a comment. Sometimes we just have to orient ourselves. And I I just go into prayer, and I did that this morning. Like, Lord, I don't know where we are. Like, where are you? And, of course, he's here. I'm, like, breathing deeply. He's with me. I'm, like, in Eucharistic adoration. He's right here. But then I'm finding, again, my footing in prayer. Where are we? 
and and for me imaginatively having a place typically in a gospel uh, is really what roots me when I'm feeling kind of dry for me the experience of dryness is typically um, like that's a tell for me that I'm too in my head like I'm actually not with the Lord I'm trying to make something happen intellectually oh it's something Aubrey said um, to say that we aren't getting anything from God, just think that we need to look closer. He's always giving something, even if it's silent presence. Amen. I don't know why that made me think of that, but it did. Thanks, Aubrey. Um, I think one thing that we need to just be mindful of and be um, a little more generous with mm-hmm. ourselves is when we have a prompting, to call on to answer answer that prompting to when you have this desire of I just want to have like five ten minutes with scripture I just want to go to the chapel today I just want to you know pray the rosary I just want to do this and you feel it the prompting and there's literally nothing stopping you yeah do it it's great Beth kicked me out of her office a little while ago she's like I just I'm just gonna pray right now I was gonna do it later but why wouldn't I do it now and I'm like that's amazing and that was a witness to me it's because Again, we start to paint this this scene of yeah. what it's supposed to be like or look like. And if the Lord, that's the spirit in us that's prompting us to enter into this time with him. And we need to act on it while, you know, while we have that desire mm-hmm. because it's easier that way. Um, we, well, there's grace. And there's grace. Yeah. Yeah. Answering a prompting. Absolutely. And instead of, you know. Again, now now we're putting it off. Now we're making excuses. Now there's more things that we're battling through. We're putting our own obstacles up when the Lord's just inviting us to enter in to prayer with him. Well, I mean, a question I think is, like, is prayer something we do? Oof. Or is it a relationship mm-hmm. with a living person mm-hmm. who also has desires and preferences, you know, and a yeah. will? So I think when we, when we perceive that prompting, it's because the Lord wants our company. The Lord wants us to come to him. Um, instead, we're like, N- uh, I'm having prayer from 3.30 to 4 p.m. in this location. <laughs> He's like, can you come and spend five minutes with me? Mm-hmm. Can you just come and console my heart and mm-hmm. speak to me? Yeah. Yeah, being in prayer is being in relationship with the Lord. Yes. But not necessarily, yeah. it doesn't help our relationship. It, it, it is our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And so when he's inviting us to be in relationship with him, it's a it's a gift that he's calling us into that into that um, time of being in his presence when we try to put other things above him. Hmm. Laura said that idea is so hard for me because I feel like I have to give something to the Lord when I know He just wants me to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think the meeting ground, Laura, of uh, you feel like you have to give something or do something like give him yourself. Mm-hmm. You are giving him exactly what he wants. You are making an offering. You are sacrificing your time. You're, you're, you are doing that. You can do both. Does that make sense? Can I read from the catechism? I left mine. Yeah, yeah. Outside, but I'm gonna, Okay. Can I borrow yours? Yeah, I, I'm dying. There's a bunch happening in the comments. I know. So I want to I wanna scroll up because everybody's commenting on something that Let's see. Jackie shared. There you go. Where a little we? bit higher. Yep. The adoration experience reminds me of EMDR therapy, uh, where you bring up the traumatizing experience on purpose in a safe environment with your therapist to work through it together. Totally. Where else? Totally. That's very good. Oh, this is upside down. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. 
You look for that, and okay. I'll read this. Uh, Lexi says, I recently heard that seasons of dryness are trusted to those intimate with God, who God knows will stay true and cling to him. Absolutely. Wow. I, I do think it's a, a testing, not in a, in a purifying sense, not in a he's putting us to the test, uh, but he's like proving us. He's purifying us. Um, St. Ignatius speaks of this in the rules for discernment about, um, I want to say it's the ninth rule, Megan can correct me, um, where sometimes the Lord allows desolation to see if we will c- keep coming to him or if we're only coming for gifts and graces. So the way I like to, to talk about that is will we still seek his face when we don't perceive his hand? When, when there aren't like sensible gifts and graces, will we come just for him, just for him? Wow. So, like, the consolation dries up. The good feelings kind of dry up. Praise the Lord for that. Did you find it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I just love that we don't... You said feelings, and that's just something that we need yeah. to just discipline ourselves with. It's not... that We don't need a stirring of feelings to know that the Lord is present. No. We don't need an experience, this overwhelming just flow of feelings. Like, he's, he's there even in the simple... Mm-hmm. Okay, so the catechism says, where does prayer come from? And this is from 2562. Whether prayer is expressed in words or gestures, it is the whole man who prays. Wow. But in naming the source of prayer, sp- scripture speaks sometimes of the soul or the spirit, but most often of the heart, more than a thousand times. According to scripture, it is the heart that prays. Yeah. If our heart is far from God, the words of prayer are in vain. The heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live. The heart is a place to which I withdraw. Beautiful. So I think it's just like this living. We when we are when when our heart is connected to the Lord's, when mm-hmm. our when we're in this relationship with Him, our whole day-to-day can be prayer because we're orienting ourselves to Him. Our hearts are connected to Him. And it's it's great to know that, you know, when we, sometimes it's silly when I, I used to think like, oh, I have to pray about everything. I have to pray about this. I have to pray about that. When mm-hmm. it was just like a very simple decision, but it's like, if my life is a prayer, if yeah, I'm living yeah. my daily yeah. life in prayer, then the Holy Spirit's going to prompt me to make a decision. I don't have to necessarily feel like I need to retreat and, and, and pray and wait for this burning bush moment. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, something just occurred to me. I do think sometimes in dryness, like when our heart isn't connecting, for me, one of the things I like kind of go through, I sort of check myself, you know, Uh, because the Lord is present to me. The Lord loves me. He hasn't changed his mind about me. He's not hiding from me. He's not making it hard for me. He's with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And there are nuances to that, of course, but what I do is I kind of like go through and check myself like, uh, am I hungry? Have I had enough water today? Mm-hmm. How did I sleep last night? Where am I in my cycle? When's the last time I went to confession? Did I come in here anxious about a text message or an email? Is there a project on my mind? So I'll, I'll kind of just just very gently and curiously look at these different areas of my life and say, okay, it, could something else be going on? Or is the problem prayer? Is mm-hmm. the problem dryness in prayer? Or is there something else going on? And, and if it's one of those things, a text message, a conversation, a, a project on my mind, 
Can I bring that to prayer? That's how I get out of my head and into my heart. I relate vulnerably from the heart to God in prayer. Wow. Aubrey, where is that from? Feelings are good companions, but terrible masters. Who said that? Well, so true. And feelings are good. Like, I don't want to vilify our feelings. Praise God. They're they're a, a gift from God, just like our imagination is. Uh, just like our bodies are, everything has to be purified, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but everything's a gift. Amen. So I read this book a long time ago, and it's kind of like this, I don't know, encouragement, um, mm-hmm. kind of how-to. It's called The Way by St. Jose Maria Escriba. Mm-hmm. I love these little tidbits that he would share on just everything. So if you haven't read it, I encourage you. He's a little direct, but he said something. Um, this is from The Way. It says, you are distracted in prayer. Try to avoid distractions, but don't worry if in spite of everything you're still distracted. Yeah. Don't you see how in ordinary life even the most considerate children play with everything around them and often pay no attention to what their father says? This does not imply a lack of love or respect. It's the weakness and littleness proper to a child. Look then, you are a child before God. I am dying. Yeah. I am that little child playing with absolutely everything. <laughs> And not looking up at the father or listening to him. Yeah. That is the sweetest thing. Isn't it? It's like consoling. Like, yeah. That really helped me because, you know, I'm not not super into him because he is so intense, which is so Steph's, like, temperament. (laughs) Steph just, like, direct to the point. Totally. Yeah. Okay, what else do we have going on here? Okay. Mother Teresa went years like that with not feeling God. Yeah. Hey, I am a DRE in church where I'm about to be for a different location. This will be my first year, and I have met with some of the teachers, and I want to help them as I lead them. What is a way I can guide them to prayer? Is there any advice for my teachers? You know, Amy, I, I, I want to send you actually to a sweet video that Father Dan Keneally recently did. I don't know if you guys have seen. There's a little playlist. We just started adding videos to it without a lot of fanfare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called Ask Father. That's what this playlist is on YouTube. And um, Father Dan Keneally is a, a friend of mine of ours. Uh, he's now a pastor in Flagstaff, but he came in and chatted with me just about prayer. And I, years later, am still inspired by his uh, story. The way that he entered seminary was that uh, a grad student at his college asked him about prayer after mass one day and he was like what like the way he tells it he's so funny like that's like come on that's kind of intimate you know and um but in reality he just wasn't really praying and he said something about being so busy you know he's a collegiate athlete and and this guy this grad student god bless him persevered and said do you have five minutes and father dan was like I mean, you can't lie about that. Everybody has five minutes, you know? And so he committed to praying for five minutes a day. And that commitment of five minutes rooted him in relationship, began to actually create a relationship. That five minutes became 10, became 15, became 20, became 30, then a holy hour. That relationship grew. And so actually, I I would maybe even share that video Mm -hmm. with them. Um, but just the encouragement to just start with five minutes. That's it. You can even set a timer on your phone if five minutes seems like a long time and you just like need, you know, put your phone on, do not disturb, set an alarm for five minutes and 
and just talk to God or just be silent and be with him. Um, but I think starting small like that uh, is, a, is a good place to start. The Lord takes our little offerings, whatever we have, mm-hmm. even if it is five minutes and he's just waiting for those five minutes to be offered to him. Yeah. He's like, watch what I'm going to do with this. So yeah. yeah, I would encourage you to even pray with them um, yeah. regularly. Uh, don't just kind of have them sign in and go to their classrooms right away, but maybe offer time for prayer before or afterwards. Yes. When you have no RE class dates, schedule a day of reflection and prayer. Wow. Some time for prayer, some time for confession for them. Um, get a priest involved to just offer the sacraments. Um, and one thing that kind of blew my mind yesterday, Aubrey, you shared this. It's like this is either a fruit of our prayer. What we do is either a fruit of our prayer yeah. or it's nothing. Yeah, like the Lord, we can't, we won't be converting anybody. We won't be, you know, the reason why someone falls in love with the Lord. We are just people of prayer that bring them to Him, and He, that's the fruit that comes out of it. It's mm-hmm. either, what we do, whether we're catechists, parish leaders, we're part of a women's group, lead a yeah. Bible study, anything where we're in this position to walk with someone, it's either a fruit of our prayer or or it's nothing. Mm. And it's just beautiful when you get to pray together. Model it for them. Yes. It's the most important thing. I'm Steph, you were a DRE for how many years? Eight years. Wow. Eight years. Yeah. And prayer was the most, yeah, I, you know, it was not so much. And I, I shared this with my catechist and we had to reshift our vision. It's not about tests. It's not about memorization. It's about them knowing Jesus and how mm. are they going to know Jesus. If they see that you know Jesus and you talk to them about it. Yes. And ultimately, the, the Lord, the, once someone receives their grace of the sacrament, the Lord is going to keep unpacking that for the rest of their lives. Yes. That's not our job. Yes. Our job is to introduce them to the person of Christ. Mm. And how do we do that? We need to know him ourselves. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good insight, especially what you shared about the, the day of reflection and prioritizing prayer with them before. A couple of good things that I just want to draw out of that. This should be different than anything else that we do. Like if you're a catechist, if, if you're a volunteer with a youth group, a core member, um, this should be different than any other volunteer responsibility, you know? Yeah. This should look very, very different. And I think we have to look at the model that Jesus himself set. He brought, you know, the 12 very close. He instructed them. Um, just think about the gospel on Sunday, the long form of the gospel, the parable of the sower, is that to the crowd, he speaks in parables. Mm. But then to his disciple, he explains everything in private. He, he unpacks it and opens it up. And so these teachers, these core members, are your disciples. And you're modeling for them. You're unpacking them. You're teaching them. But you're giving them that experience of prayer with Jesus himself. Opportunities uh, to be with Jesus himself. And then they're going out into the classrooms. Then... They're being sent out to to preach to all the nations uh, as the disciples were in the gospel. That's what it is. It's an echoing of the faith. Yeah. That's what catechesis is. Wow. Let's you teach that in Kina. I do. Yeah. Children's I catechesis. I felt, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that was that was something from Kina. It was. Um, I let's see. I love how the catechism says that feelings are morally neutral and don't yep. necessarily dictate truth. They can lift us to virtue or drag us down into yeah. vice. So good. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Morgan Maria, I think distraction provides me with an opportunity to remember my own poverty, and I pray.
persevere anyway. There we go. That's very good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, I was just praying this morning when I was so anxious. I was like, Lord, I'm weak. I'm tired. I don't have anything. You know, just to say that personally, to say that to to him, instead of saying, um, I don't know, sometimes we try to put on this like poetic voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like we're like writing prose instead of talking to a person, you know? So it can be like today my I don't know. I'm trying to think in old timey, but I can't make I can't translate it. Um, I turn to thee, O oh God, my God, with a a weary mind, you know. And it's like just tell him like I'm anxious. I'm like all over the place, God. Like that's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. My daughter, she's like, Mom, why does your voice change when you're making phone calls to people? And I'm like, because I just feel like I have to present, and I feel like yeah. the Lord is like. Why is your voice changing when you talk to me? I think that's what? why I love journaling because it it started when I first started journaling yeah, yeah. as a teen. It started off as like this poetic letter that I was writing to the Lord. Totally. And then now it's just scribbles and doodles and just like these ideas that come to mind where I'm yeah. like, Jesus, I'm tired. I'm really yeah. frustrated. Say Jose Maria Escriva also says in the way, if you don't know how to pray, Say to the Lord, I don't know how to pray, and you've already begun. That's it. That's very good. See, he's two for two with you today. That's very, very good. Why does your voice change when you talk to me? That is so I try to be fancy funny. with my prayer voice as well. Yeah. I get it. Like, but listen, I don't I don't wanna I'm not trying to pick on anybody. And and I've been there too. And I can kind of slip into that. Some of that is reverence for God. Some of that is yeah. like a beautiful fear of God, um, which is good, but needs to be purified because instead of, we're feeling this distance rather than awe. Um, so that can that fear of God can kind of get kind of get twisted. But I think too we understand the gravity of prayer, mm-hmm. the gravity mm-hmm. of what we're going through, and we want to like do it justice. We want to like explain ourselves well we want God to understand but the nice thing is he already does so we don't have to have the perfect words Um, we don't have to say it in just the right way sometimes that's helpful for us um, in terms of kind of our understanding or processing but I mean is prayer about processing or is it about relationship wow oh yeah Come on. Start noticing how much you're treating prayer like processing time. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's like prayer and then after prayer we could have a cushion of process. Yeah. Like what we just, what so do we actually, just sit with? Actually, my spiritual director really helped me with this because I was an avid journaler. I mean, I had boxes of filled journals. I was very um, devoted to journaling. I was writing to the Lord. I was writing down everything he said. And just in the past few years, my spiritual director invited me. Okay, in your, in your, um, she said that this is St. Ignatius. I've never found this. Maybe someone else knows. But in your time of contemplative or mental prayer, actually, you don't need anything. You don't need your journal. You don't need to write anything down. Um, and then at the end of your prayer, then write it down. And I have found that to be incredibly fruitful. And it's helped me to actually be more present 
to the person of Jesus. Whereas I think early on, the journaling and the writing it down helped me to be present to prayer and not to all of the distractions. But then, okay, we matured a little bit, things moved forward. And now I don't really need my journal in front of me. I I don't need to write down every single word because actually I'm getting anxious about not writing everything down. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to set it aside and be with the Lord. And at the end, the Holy Spirit, the great reminder, that's what Jesus calls him in John 14. He will bring to our remembrance what we need to know. So if the Lord said something to me in prayer, if he gave me a grace, the last five minutes of prayer, I make little notes in my phone. And usually it's a single word mm-hmm. or an image. It's it's not it's not a dialogue. Like we're not Catherine of Siena yet. Do you know what I mean? We don't need our own dialogues. Like we can just dialogue. Shameless, shameless plug. The well mentorship helped me with that. Praise God. Yeah. When one of the like assignments was go to the chapel. Yeah. And do nothing for the first however many minutes. And I was just like, okay. And I had my journal. I had my Bible. And it was great. I'm yeah. like, I could be sitting doing nothing anywhere else. And I'm sitting doing nothing with the Lord. Yeah. And different. then my prayer, I was more tuned in, I feel, when I was reading scripture and journaling. I felt like yeah. there was this movement, this shift of like, I'm not orchestrating this time. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting, being with him, and then he'll help me figure out what I need to be doing in prayer at that time. It's that like coming into prayer, it's a little bit touching on like processing. We come into prayer with an agenda. Someone, somewhere, maybe you're here, I have no idea who said this to me over the years, but they said that they treated prayer like a like a staff meeting, I think. And the Lord sort of called her on it. Like you always come in here with a literal meeting agenda of like, mm-hmm. I wanna talk to you about this and this and this and this. You're like coming to get an answer or to find out what to do. And again, on one hand, it's very beautiful. You want the Lord to help you. You want direction. But he just he just wants to be with us. He just wants to love you. And like everything else, if we can write order prayer as relationship, not as processing, not as even discernment time where we're trying to figure something out or like if we just write order relationship, then the Holy Spirit is going to help us when the things happen in our daily lives and we need to make a decision. Amen. Um, Lonnie said, I think when we approach God, believing he really loves us, we are less concerned about ourselves, our voice, our word choice, and more open to receive whatever he has for us. Lonnie, that's it. That's it. I wonder if there's like a little insecurity underneath Mm. there that we're trying to present ourselves to God. That's very interesting. It's very Adam and Eve vibes Mm. when they were hiding from him. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, why are you over there? What are you doing? Yeah. Like he sees all of it. He sees our actions. He sees what we're doing, what we're Mm -hmm. thinking throughout the whole day. But then we feel like we need to retreat and hide from the Lord, and then come out, present ourselves, and cover up what we don't want him to see. That's very good. Who told you you were naked? Mm You little kid. I just want to love you. Elaine, I want to read this. For me, journaling helps me get into the mindset of being fully with God. And then once I'm to that place of fully listening, I set my journal aside. That's very good. Jenna does something similar. Journaling helps her get into prayer. Mm -hmm. But I think that's it. Can we put it aside? Otherwise, I think even journaling becomes a distraction. Like even devotions can become a distraction 
because we get in the mentality that we need to do, do, do. We need to check all the boxes instead of prioritizing relationship. Allison said, sometimes I struggle with the balance of approaching prayer mm-hmm. with appropriate reverence, God-fearing posture, yeah. but also a friendship with Jesus that always exists and is completely genuine. That's beautiful. I, I, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's both. And I think there will be... I'm just, I'm just, I'm thinking of a very personal example, but I don't really want to share it because it's a little embarrassing. But, um, well, you guys know, I used to cuss. And um, I used to actually love cussing. I'm sure you've heard me say that before, too. I was really proud of cussing. Even as, like, a devout Catholic, I loved being normal. I, I loved that I was, like, cool and... It's like so gross for me to even tell you this now, but there there is something about it that I just thought like it made things like flippant, you know? Mm. And then um, the Lord over the years actually invited me to stop cussing. And that happened a couple of different ways, a significant confession, the witness of someone else in my life who did not cuss, who actively prayed for me to stop cussing. So humbling, so annoying initially, (laughs) but like now I'm like so humbled by that because it was a a huge place of freedom for me. And anyway, the reason I'm sharing this is that for years in my journal, I would cuss when I was mad or upset about something. I was that honest with the Lord. Like, I hate this. This is horrible. But like, I would just use cuss words, you know, like, like a cuss word, you know? And just the other day, I found a box of these journals, and I flipped it open, and I saw, like, I saw that F word in there. Like, I was just so angry. I was just like, F, you know? And I was so so humbled and so mortified. The Lord is so patient with us. So I I just, I, I am with you in that, that sense of, like, I did understand that Jesus was my friend, and that he could handle it, um, mm. and that he would receive me and receive like all of my stuff, like all of my big emotions. That sometimes I only had cuss words to capture that. You know what I mean? I just it was so raw. But the Lord didn't let me stay that way. I I matured. My friendship with Him matured. My heart was purified, and so friendship looks different. Friendship and awe and reverence are actually one and the same now. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So there's there will become less and less of a separation there, I think, um, just as you keep spending time with him. Because he'll keep making you more and more like him. That's just all encounter with the Lord. Mm-hmm. We can't, well, there's just, it's like impossible to just remain the same if we truly encounter him. Amen. Yeah. Music has been a great place for me to start. The chants in Hello are beautiful. That's awesome, Maureen. I love listening to Christian music to pray. Yeah, beautiful. I like listening to music to start me in prayer or end me. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. you know, nice little bow. Yeah. Um, like this whole time we were talking, this 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 song kept coming to mind. Um, nothing else, I think it's called. And I'm just and he's just like, I just want nothing else. I just want you. And I love music. My it's husband is a worship leader. Yeah. So he does he plays music while we are in a time of prayer. Mm-hmm. But I just, I love when I get to the point where I'm so, I'm so in 
that like I'm not even listening to the song anymore. Yeah. Now it's just me and the wow. Lord. Yeah. That's good. Megan said, that's so beautiful. We can't help but be the changed in consistent relationship with the Lord. Amen. And Aubrey said, it's like the respect we usually have for our earthly friendships. Mm-hmm. We relate to our friends while still holding space to respect them. Love the both and Beth. Yeah. Honesty and respect. Absolutely. Those things come together. Yeah. Ooh. Nope. Anything else there? Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I struggled with cussing. I, and also, I'm now embarrassed about it. I had someone tell me to pray when I received the Eucharist on the tongue that he take that desire away from me. Wow. Wow. That is that is a beautiful. <laughs> that's really Whoa. beautiful. Yeah. This friend of mine used to pray. She told me <laughs> that she would pray that um, curse words would start to taste like ash in my mouth. And I was like, I thought I was a little over the top. Jody, I love you. But it was like a little intense for me. Because remember, I was like a cool Christian, whatever that is. <laughs> God, he's so, he's so loving. He's so patient. He's so patient my goodness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but honestly, now I kind of do pray that all of you would taste ash in your mouth when you cuss. Because... Yeah, it's just so, it's so below your dignity to curse. It is. Also, the word curse is in it. Like, I don't want to curse anyone. I, I don't want to speak curses. I don't want any of that poison to come out of me. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ladies, can you talk about praying at home versus in a chapel, outside, etc.? Thoughts on where we pray? You know, I want to talk about that, Aubrey, for maybe a different reason. I actually find where we pray to be a bit of a distraction Yes. because I tend to think if I don't go to the chapel, if I don't have this set apart time, then I can't pray. Yes. And that's why I kicked stuff out of my office today because I was like, I was planning to go in this, pray in this certain place later today, but I, the, the Lord is calling me right now. I don't feel like myself. I'm very off right now. And it's because I'm disconnected in prayer. So my office is where I prayed today. You know what I mean? This place we're standing on is holy ground. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready to pray with us whenever. I also beat myself up. I was a little discouraged when I, before the Lord really just invited me to accept the season of life I'm in. I Mm -hmm. desire to be at daily mass and the chapel so much. And because of my life season that we're in right now, that's not possible. And so I just, I would label myself as, not having a good prayer life. Yeah. And the Lord, I shared this. The Lord said, I just want to like hang out with you on your couch. I'm like, oh, so I can pray at home and have your, your yes, the, the physical presence of the Eucharist and the graces that just gush out when we're in adoration are everything. And when we receive him in the Eucharist even more. But that's not to say he's holding out on us when we pray at home yeah, or in yeah. our room. He tells us to go to our inner room and pray yeah. and to have this in, this special intimate moment with him. So there's a difference, obviously, when we get to go to the chapel, when we get mm-hmm. to have a holy hour. There's mm-hmm. graces there. Yeah. But he sees us and he knows where we're at. He knows the desires and how we long for him so that at home he's not holding out on us. He's not withdrawing he's not he's not only giving 80 percent because we're not in a sacred space when we call upon his name he's there Mm -hmm. and that's his promise so yeah yeah, i would encourage you that if you can make 
a visit to the chapel as often as possible, do it. Absolutely. Squeeze it in. Steal time with Jesus. But don't let that discourage you from praying in your room, in your bed, on your couch, as you're doing dishes, while you're sweeping or dusting your blinds. Mm -hmm. Like the Lord is so there. Mm -hmm. That's what he told me at least the other day. I was being whiny about it. Yeah, I, I, I loved what Lexi said. She talked about the inner room. So it, it's not so much the exterior place so much as developing an interior uh, meeting place with him. Um, I just finished uh, Claire Dwyer's book, This Present Paradise. St. Teresa, or St. Teresa, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity wrote and wrote about this extensively, uh, this idea of an inner garden. And, mm-hmm. and to kind of withdraw. I've heard lots of other language. Obviously, biblically, it's the inner room. Go to your inner room. Um, but I just recently heard someone say, like, my inner cloister, um, my inner cathedral, like developing a place within, in our souls, yeah. um, in the heart, which is the meeting place with God, where we can withdraw even while we're doing dishes, even while we're driving in the car. Now, that's not to say that we don't have set apart prayer time but um and it, it's not to say that exterior things don't help right and that we don't want to go and be with the lord in eucharistic adoration but we can and we do have access to him anytime in our inner room lonnie said jesus tells us to go to our inner room to pray i yep. imagine going deep down into my heart yes. where the holy trinity dwells in silence and enter into the peaceful silence Wow. Um, our inner room is accessible to us anywhere, even when ki- with kiddos around. Had to learn this over the years. Yeah. yeah. I've shared with my students to approach prayer as conversation with God. He is a friend who will listen to you and help guide you. Tell him your thoughts and worries. Mm-hmm. Start small, and that will help you grow in confidence when it comes to praying. Wow. Yeah. Oh, what? There's so many graces from COVID. I love when we start talking about this. Yeah. One of the biggest realizations I had during COVID was that I could sit on the couch and talk to God. He was still there even if I could yeah. not get to church. Oh, Lonnie, this is it. Both and praying in unity with the church um, is important too. Yeah. Both ways of praying help us grow. Amen. That's very good. Inner cell. Thank you, Renee. That's karma. We were recently inspired to pray the liturgy of the hours and pray the prayers of the church. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, yeah, totally praying with the church is huge. Regarding actual distractions, my spiritual director once told me not to say sorry, but thank you in prayer when the Lord helps me realize I've been distracted and brings me back so to him. Beautiful. beautiful. Wow. Thanks, gals. This is awesome. Very helpful. Let's um persevere. Well, what do you say? I just want to say one more thing about prayer. Oh, please. We just always need to go back and thank him. That's it. In yeah. prayer, we need to go back and, and thank him for those answered prayers, maybe mm-hmm. unanswered prayers, maybe those delayed answers. But in prayer, I think we we need to just give thanks as much as we give him all of our requests and frustrations and doubts and worries. Uh, he calls us to go back and give him thanks. And that's just huge. I think it, it kind of keeps that mm-hmm. consistency and that balance of prayer. Dependence on him. Can I give you my final thoughts? Yes, please. I was working real hard in prayer this morning. And uh, and the Lord said something to me that was very life-giving. He said, it doesn't have to be work. It can be fun. What? Yeah. So let that be an encouragement to you. If prayer is feeling a lot like work, just tell him that. 
feels like I'm working really hard here, Lord, to try and make something happen. It can be fun. He, you know what, you know what he did? He ran and like jumped in the ocean. Like, let's just go for a swim. Like, you need to get out of your head. We don't have to have some serious talk here on the beach. We can just go for a swim. You know? Wow. Yes. How free. Prayer is really fun when we like get out of our own way, you know? And that image just helped. Well, the Holy Spirit just helped me with that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be work. Go have fun with Jesus. Yes. I think that's the key, actually, to defeating distractions. Because if we're, like, again, if we're, like, distracted by the distractions, it's feeling like hard work. Just go have fun. Just go have fun. With the Lord. Yeah. All right. We love you. I love fun, too. (laughs) Have fun. Have fun. I'm going to go have fun in California at the Revival, and I can't wait to have fun with you. Some of you that are going. Can't wait. All right. Pray for us. God bless you. Bye. Bye.